Welcome to part two of our Disney at Play podcast, where I'm joined with John Frost of the Disney blog. In part one, we spoke about D23 announcements we would like to see happen at Disneyland. Today, we'd like to chat about Walt Disney World announcements we'd like to see made during the D23 conference. Let's continue our podcast with John. We have lots to explore. All right, we'll uh, we'll take a plane over to Florida, and uh, I have a feeling our list for Walt Disney World may be a little longer <laughs> than our list for Disneyland. So let's just do it. Let's go to the Magic Kingdom. What's your top thing that you would love to see uh, head into the Magic Kingdom? Yeah, top of my list is a new nighttime parade for the Magic Kingdom. Um, it's been far too long. And uh, they definitely should not bring back, no matter what they do, don't bring back Main Street. Let's go parade. It's time to let that parade die a natural death. Um, I don't care if they want to keep the Brooke down and the name, but those floats have to go. There's so much more new and better technology for nighttime parades that I, I would love to see. You know what? It was on top of my list, too. Um it was absolutely at the top. You know, there was a kinetic, there was a, there was an energy to the nighttime experience with having parades, with having fireworks. Um, I, I just miss that. Um, and I think it's a, it's, it needs, I'd, Spectro Magic, uh, the next generation, I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, I love Disney Dreamlights for the, the electrical parade at Tokyo Disney. There's so many possibilities. We already, we've got the Tron ride um, and we were going to have a theater uh, that seemed to be um, missing in action (laughs) for for the long term. (laughs) You know, I know Disney took it off for their list of things they were going to do after Tron, but uh, I would like to see them, you know, bring an indoor theater to the park uh, if they if they want to put it behind Main Street like the original plan. I think that's actually a good spot for it. I think they could theme that that avenue a little more and kind of make it a, a mini land with a, maybe a new restaurant and uh, some additional shops back there. And that that new restaurant would definitely answer one of the needs that the park has, which is more sit down dining. Um the affordable sit-down dining is definitely in need of the Magic Kingdom, especially uh, indoors and out of the rain. And it'd be really fantastic if they made that back sort of corridor more of an arcade. Um, you know, they they could do maybe something like a, a New York Street, like Broadway in the uh, early 1900s. And I think, you know, that would theme well with the with the theater concept back there. Uh, the other thing I'd like to see going over to the other side of the park is uh, another attraction for Adventureland. Uh, there's definitely a lot to do in Adventureland right now, but I, you know, I think there's uh, something. There was this concept I saw a few years ago that had this kind of steampunk uh, jungle roller coaster uh, idea uh, for Adventureland and it would, you know, it wouldn't, it would kind of go over the top of Adventureland and be themed where the supports look like bamboo. And, uh, so it would fit in, it would fit into the land, but it would just, you know, provide a little more, uh, kinetic, a little more movement for, for that part of the Magic Kingdom. So, uh, something over there, something like that, um, it could even tie into the Jungle Cruise or, or, um, or, um, 
or the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. So, um, so one of the things that seems to be bantered about, and and you probably remember John when uh, the twentieth anniversary of Walt Disney World occurred, the marketing publicity was twenty new things for uh, the twentieth anniversary of of Walt Disney World, and that was about the time uh, Muppets came in and. Uh, Port Orleans, I think, was part of that. And there were just a bunch of additions uh, related to the early 90s. Um, and I don't know that some of these things that I have thought through wouldn't be part of that 50 list if they were to do a 50 things for the 50th. I think that would be a great uh, marketing. But I would start with the Carousel of Progress and uh, update that, that puppy. Well, what would you do with the final scene? I mean, would you would you update it? How would you connect it? Uh, t- uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I'd like to see tomorrow. <laughs> I, I I don't have a problem with the first three scenes, other than I think that um, they need a, some TLC. Um, but I think the the final scene needs to be an updated version or something yeah something along that line uh you know bring in the holidays with really a, an updated futuristic looking home something on brava centauri or something <laughs> so. yeah you know i don't want the magic kingdom to become a museum so uh there are in my book very few sacred cows and while i would love the idea of the carousel of progress to stick around uh, I, I'm just not confident that, that that you can update that last scene and have it work. So maybe there's some place else for the Carousel of Progress to move to, and that that prime piece of real estate there can become used for something else. I don't know. So uh, what else? What else do you have in mind for Magic Kingdom? Well, I would like to see a fix for New Fantasyland. You know, they they built that land, uh, and you know they. The Seven Dwarfs Mine Train kind of got shorted a little bit. They took out one of the lifts and one of the one of the sections of tracks to kind of squeeze into that area of the park. And uh, the uh, Voyage Under the Sea with the Little Mermaid is, a, is well, I love that attraction. Uh, and it, it definitely has one of the better queues in the Magic Kingdom. I just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very nice dark ride. Uh, but it really doesn't really showcase, you know, what I consider the latest and greatest of Walt Disney Imaginary and technology. So I would like to see a, a Beauty and the Beast um, attraction uh, added to New Fantasyland. Uh, kind of, there's already that little French village, the the Bell Village there with the Gaston st- uh, statue and the little shop and the restaurant. Um, you know, Gaston's, Gaston's uh, bar there. And, um, you know, if you walk back there, there's restrooms there right now. But I think, you know, if Disney got creative, that could be the entrance to the queue for the new Beauty and the Beast attraction. And, uh, and you know, they, they have that really amazing um, Beauty and the Beast animatronic that I think is going in Shanghai, if I'm correct. Or maybe it's, maybe it's uh, Tokyo. But, uh, we, you know, if they, you know, what Disney likes to do, nothing Disney likes to do more is why build one attraction when you can build two and get some cost savings. So, so let's put Beauty and the Beast in New Fantasyland and just add a little more capacity to that section of the park. 
So while we're in Fantasyland, let me just mention uh, something that I, I feel strongly that needs to occur. Um, I think that Walt Disney World has the worst version of It's a Small World of any property around the world. Um, and I'm embarrassed to go on that attraction. I love that attraction. I'm embarrassed to go on that attraction. I'm embarrassed by the amount of dust that accumulates in the queue alone um, on, on, on the prop pieces in the queue and how it's never cleaned up. And it is, it is a disgusting, uh, I cannot believe how they handle the lighting in the ceiling. I've never seen cut out holes more. I, I, we did a better job in high, in the high school cafeteria theater that I have <laughs> for creating lighting. And when I went to, and I, and, and they've always said, okay, look, it's harder to do the lighting in a flooded zone, which there are two types of small world. One is kind of going down a trough, which is Disneyland and Hong Kong and Paris's version. And the other is a flooded zone, which is ours and Tokyo's. And in fact, Tokyo is the exact same version of ours, but Tokyo just redid theirs. And it is unbelievable. It is so beautiful. And I will include a video on a link on our on our on our uh, notes page, it is stunningly beautiful, and there is no reason why it should not be brought up to that standard. So I have I have a pretty radical idea for it's a small world at the Magic Kingdom. I I think that uh, Disney missed an opportunity when they put Frozen in over at Epcot. I, I understand that that was, you know, a cost. Uh, affordable move for them, right? They could easily convert an existing boat attraction into a new boat attraction, flip some of those scenes around, change the and change the queue, loading and unloading area, and voila, you have a frozen attraction that's kind of remotely themed to Norway. Uh, but to me, I would have put the, the frozen attraction in, in Fantasyland right where it's a small world is now. And I would move it's a small world to Epcot where the a land with that theme of world peace and coming together, uh, you know, it, it just belongs there naturally. And it would give them opportunity to upgrade, upgrade it to small world and make it the, you know, the uh, best it's a small world it can possibly be combining all the best parts of the small worlds around the world. But back at, back in, uh, the Magic Kingdom at Fantasyland, uh, I think there's an opportunity to basically kind of have a new mini land there. So if you took It's a Small World out, you could put in a, an attraction based off Frozen 2, which I think we can pretty much be guaranteed is going to be a hit. And then right next door, there's already kind of the beginnings of a Rapunzel area. And I could see maybe a restaurant or a, a smaller attraction where if the Imagineers got creative like they did over in Pandora at Disney's Animal Kingdom, they could kind of put one attraction in underneath the queue of the under, other attraction, and you could squeeze a couple in there. Um, even Disneyland had attractions built on top of attractions, you know, just because they were conscious of space. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you, Mr. Toad and Alice in Wonderland. So uh, we could definitely do that right there. So you know what? I think that's a brilliant idea. Tokyo, by the way, was going to move their small world to a different show building. They ended up not doing that. Um, 
But uh, I think that would free up a lot of space. I've never liked the Troubadour tent uh, look on the, on the front of it. It didn't make any sense. Um, and I, I think that it would be a great addition to Epcot. One of the things that Tokyo Disney Sea is doing is they're creating a new enchanted land with three little neighborhoods, for lack of a better term, one with Frozen, which we don't need, one with um, one with Rapunzel, which we need something better off and is right there to begin with, and the third being Peter Pan. And it, one of the things I was going to suggest is that we needed a better version of Peter Pan. Um, that it needs a fuller treatment, which is what they're doing. The Shanghai version has a two-seater and a longer dark ride version of that attraction. I think it could even be longer than what Shanghai did. Um, and it certainly could accommodate a lot more people. Um, I would, um, and and here's, <laughs> here's where you're thinking I'm gonna be kind of crazy. Here's what I would put in place of Peter Pan. Originally, Walt Disney World was going to have three dark rides. It was going to have Sleeping Beauty, it was going to have um, um, Mary Poppins, and it was going to have uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, The Headless Horseman. I think it would be great to have a Headless Horseman dark ride in that little corner and make it part of Liberty Square and make Liberty Square something a little bit more. And if you had the space that Small World right now takes up, which is a massive amount of space, to create more fantasy land, because that's the hardest problem that Magic Kingdom faces. It doesn't have a lot of space to grow out all of its princesses and to give them the the space and area that they need. So I I love your idea, and I think that would be a good one. Um, let me blow out another blue sky idea, if, if you don't mind. Um, I uh, would love to see uh, the Shanghai version of Pirates of the Caribbean put in place of our Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I, we have the poorest Pirates of the Caribbean, and it just is nothing compared to Tokyo's or Disneyland's in terms of the traditional model, or Paris, which is a great model too. Shanghai would bring in a totally different experience, just got that back show building and put in the and put in the Shanghai experience and uh, and let it go. <laughs> so, thoughts? Yeah, that's a great idea. But, um, you know, I'd be happy just if they brought over the sword fighting AAs <laughs> from the uh, Disneyland Paris version. No, no, the Shanghai version is amazing. I'm not sure it would play well completely out here. There's a lot of screens <laughs> in that. But if there's some combination where they're able to keep the AAs and then also add the screens and the holograms, um, I could definitely see that working out here in Florida. Now that we have broken the budget on Magic Kingdom, what else would you recommend? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what they're going to announce for the uh, Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary that's coming up in 2021. So I think we'll be hearing about that at D23 on the 25th. Um, so who knows? Who knows what's coming to that? Um, but yeah. I'm sure it's going to be uh, an adventure. Um, here's a, a lesser uh, priced uh, possibility for the Jungle Cruise. Um, 
in Tokyo's version, they have done some really clever things with projection technology inside the temple uh, at uh, during the Jungle Cruise. And they also kind of rethemed it with music from the Jungle Book and Lion King. And I'm not so certain I want that, but I think they could make that that temple a little bit more interesting uh, as you pass through it. Um, also, there's some great effects in the Hong Kong Jungle Cruise with kind of a, 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 a moment between the gods of fire and water uh, that come to the end. Nothing is more boring than the finale of the Jungle Cruise where we spend um, the last 10 minutes of our lives <laughs> listen, waiting for a dock <laughs> to be made available. And, and taking and listening to really bad skipper jokes. Um, so, any other thoughts for the Magic Kingdom? Uh, no. Uh, what? Not really. Do you have any more ideas? Well, I I'm sorry. Uh, I've got to mention a couple of things, but I'll mention them very quick. I'd love the Hatbox Ghost for the Haunted Mansion, for the one from Disneyland. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to see the Hatbox Ghost in there. Yeah. Uh, something to improve the country bear jamboree, but retain that piece. And and by the way, while we're talking about F and B mix mess ups, put a freaking show in the diamond horseshoe. <laughs> I cannot believe anybody would pay the kind of money to sit in there and watch a player piano. I just that drives me crazy. So I just had to. I just had to vent. I had to vent. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure that player piano is even working. <laughs> you know, uh, food space at the Magic Kingdom is at a premium, especially sit-down dining. So uh, I'm not sure uh, if the food team would be willing to give up that space for a show. But who knows? Uh, they might be able to make it work. Um, build more stuff behind Main Street, like I suggested. Okay, so now we'll move to Epcot. What's what do you got in mind here? Well, the big thing that has already been announced for Epcot is they're going to redo the the spine of Future World from the main entrance all the way through to the uh, entrance to the World Showcase. So uh, we've seen that concept art, and uh, you know we're not really sure what what's coming there. Yeah, and we'll include a picture of that if people aren't familiar because that was shown at the last D twenty three, but nobody's bothered to explain what it means. Um, what, what are you looking forward to out of that? Um, well, first of all, I hope they're planning to build some purpose built facilities for the festivals there, you know, places to have demonstrations, to have guest speakers, you know, f uh, how to make a, this dish or how to repair the fence in your backyard or plant this plant or, you know, food and wine, uh, flower and garden art festival. You know, uh, there's, you know, with the uh, conversion of the Wonders of Life Pavilion into the Play Pavilion, there's not going to be a really a festival center. So my understanding is they're planning to do that. It's going to be a little bit more um, geographically diverse and not just in one place. So they have a good opportunity to do that with, with the makeover there. Um, I'm also hoping there'll be some additional spots for um, entertainment uh, you know, whether it's kind of a performance corridor, they don't really have anything for that right now, but there's definitely uh, an, an opportunity there. Yeah. Um, and maybe, uh, 
you know, maybe a better band slash concert facility than what they have at American Gardens right now. So there's a, a lot of opportunities in this new area. I'm pretty hopeful. There are so many things closing in the days and weeks to follow. Club Cool, Mouse Gears, uh, Electric Umbrella, Art of Disney, and so forth. Uh, none of them are, are bothering me, keeping me up at night, except one thing I really, truly will miss is I love the fountains. And the image, again, we'll put it in the show notes, shows a whole new fountain experience unlike any other. And so, but nobody's talked about it. So I'm really hoping that this isn't just an artist concept, that they really are going to do something truly grand um, in terms of fountain, especially because we don't have the world of color experience like like DCA has. So uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I just remember that concept art. It doesn't actually show the World Showplace Lagoon. It kind of stops before that. So uh what what you're seeing there are basically fountains and yeah. with some show elements so i'm sure they're so i'm sure those will be part of the new park even though that concept art has likely changed um it'll just you know it'll dr- serve to draw people in from the main entrance closer to uh world showcase which which is a good thing you know um especially if they're at you know adding remy's ratatouille adventure across the way definitely need to draw people in and make sure that the crowds are getting all the way across the park. Uh, there are so many things that have been announced, and I'm sure some of them are going to be played up at D23. Um, awesome Planet, uh, the Odyssey Experience Center, uh, World Showcase Theater makeovers to China and Canada, and Pression de France has got a Beauty and the Beast sing-along coming in. We've got Ratatouille. Uh, we've got a new Smokehouse at American uh, Adventure. We've got... Uh, uh, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy and the Play Pavilion and the space-themed restaurant. There's so many things. Um, and you just showed on the Disney blog the other day changes to the film at the Land uh, Pavilion that nobody was expecting. So um, little things, but but still uh, signs of bigger things, I think, to come. Um, what of all these, by the way, are, are you most excited for of all these announcements? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the new nighttime show uh, that comes after Epcot Forever. Epcot Forever sounds really good, uh, but, you know, they're using some new technology um, and, you know, bringing Epcot into yeah. uh, into the future in terms of nighttime shows. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be good. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And, you know, and I and I'm really just want to learn more about what's coming to Future World. Maybe there are some uh, new pavilions in addition to the, uh, you know, new shopping and dining and uh, festival facilities. So there are two new illumination shows coming. A, a, a big new one that takes so much time that we don't know what they're putting into it. And the first one that's holding up the space before then called Epcot Forever. And I got to tell you, I'm more excited about this than I think anything else. I'm a sucker for Epcot music. And if you're going to have a show with with uh, veggie fruit fruit and, you know, uh, energy uh, <laughs> themes, then I am so there um, every night for you. But uh but uh, the, clearly a lot coming. What else would you... I, and I think there is more to be announced at D23. Uh, what else would you like to see coming? Well, this may seem like a minor thing, but I'd 
really like to see something Mary Poppins for the UK pavilion, please. You know, um, uh, they, as they say, they, you know, bloody well deserves to have something Mary Poppins. It was the movie that made Walt Disney world budget possible. So, uh, you know, to neglect Mary Poppins this long, I think is a bit of a travesty. So I know there's some, they've had various plans for there, everything from a, uh, a small spinner slash carousel up to a large dark ride. Um, I would prefer the large dark ride option. You know, I think there's space now behind where the gondola has been put in to uh, to put a dark ride in there. And the UK Pavilion definitely deserves something. So Mary Poppins seems uh, perfect for me. Practically perfect. <laughs> Bloody well is the appropriate expression for a British film. And... <laughs> I couldn't agree more, although I would caveat on that and say I'd be okay if that were at the studios um, because Poppins was, I, well, I uh, I think there are a couple of spaces still at the studios to be filled up behind the, I think there's a lot of things to be knocked down at the studios and, 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 I'll, and I wouldn't mind putting, if it, there was nothing more than a carousel, I'd be grateful for a Mary Poppins carousel is that has been kind of, I think Jim Hill has mentioned that. Um, So here's, here's where I would do the twist. I would like the Poppins carousel and I would like, you're going to think I'm crazy. I would like a Mr. Toad's wild ride in the UK pavilion. I think, I think it's like overdue. And I want to say that I think Disney needs to redo that film which is one of the great shorts of all time, shouldn't be redone. But if they're going to redo Disney classics, they need to redo that one. Not like in the Lion King, Jungle Book looking, you know, like they look like real animals, but in a 3D version still that would play on. I think people would love Mr. Toad if they could, if they could know that story again. Because I think it's, a, it's just a great story. So that's my craziness for that. But if you give me a Poppins dark ride, I am not complaining. I am thrilled. I just, I'm not holding my breath on that puppy. So uh, uh, let's talk about imagination. What would you do to imagination? Um, I don't know. Sell tickets to uh, watch it be demolished. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> valuable real estate where Imagination Pavilion lives. And uh, I think the idea of, of that has, has kind of gone by. I mean, it was it was a nice idea at the time. I'm just not sure it it works right now. You're ready to say goodbye to the Dreamfinder and Figment. Yeah, I, what I'd like to see there is maybe the you know what was that Tony Baxter project he had for where uh, Big Thunder Mountain is at Disneyland now Discovery Bay. Yeah, so maybe an updated version of that, a little more heavy on the steampunk aesthetic. Um, it would fit right in with the future world idea and uh they could even build kind of a theater in there with the uh, hyperion balloon over like they have at disneyland paris and really play off that that steampunk aesthetic and uh, you know do a you know couple different ideas around um um you know uh futurism and um you know um exploration so a theme of exploration what is the chance you think a new country is going to be announced at D23? I mean, I guess it depends which country has the cash to pony up uh, with the world economy 
not quite as strong as it is as it has been in the past uh and some areas about to dip into recession maybe you know who has the 10 million what is it 10 million 100 million yeah you know um i heard a rumor that india may may be the one with the best potential to be announced right now based on uh disney ceo bob Iger's interest in the nation you know he bought that animation studio he's been over there a number of times trying to work out some interests so uh maybe we'll see that or maybe we'll see some uh sort of regional uh, thing come together like um, Central America or um, some combination of African nations. Um, I don't know. There's, I mean, there's maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. It's a really big potential. I would love an attraction. I would love Brazil. I would. I think Latin America is totally missing, but although I'll agree that India is too. Um, but I, I would love Brazil. I would love an attraction based on Brazil. I would love the three caballeros to move over to brazil we'll call it brazil gateway to latin america um not unlike maelstrom gateway to scandinavia and uh or norway gateway to scandinavia you mean gateway to arendelle <laughs> exactly and then i would put coco in mexico that would be my that would be my wish and dream to to get coco in there somewhere yeah, I mean, there's definitely potential in future world for more countries. Um, I don't think there's as many spaces as there as there used to be, though. So um, I don't know where they would where they would put them all. Um, I think you actually could squeeze a few more. There are some. There are some. I mean, you have to get rid of the pat. You have to get rid of the old uh, Millennium Village to open up that space. But even after you pass Canada, there was supposed to be space in there. Um, past Canada for another pavilion and between Mexico and, and Norway there was supposed well they closed that off didn't they with the Norway edition so yeah it, it is they are very slim spaces but there was supposed to be I think room enough for like 16 18 originally it was supposed to be a bigger number but yeah time has moved in yeah you know I think uh, expansions like uh, the Ratatouille attraction in France took up a, a uh, former uh, country pavilion, empty country pavilion space. The uh, Illuminations uh, backstage area has eliminated some of those spaces as well, one of those spaces as well. And then the expansion of Norway took away some of those spaces. So uh, of the of ones that were available before, I just don't think there's quite as many. Um, you know, what I'd like to see happen with the World Showplace uh, um is uh, to kind of go back to the idea, idea they had for the Millennium Celebration where they invited a bunch of different nations in and they kind of showed off, uh, you know, one or two big cultural things and some different food options, maybe bring in some some food carts or something, do a little, uh, a little extra outside dining area there. Uh, but definitely let's use that space more than it's being used now year round. And then Plus, you know, it has the best restrooms in Epcot and they're kind of being ignored. So, well, I, what I love about that idea, um, I'll, uh, uh, besides the fact that the restrooms are nice, but we could do a whole a program together, you and I, on restrooms in the parks. <laughs> and I would argue that the one in Japan upstairs is better. But anyway, the, um, 
Uh, I do love that idea for no other reason than it is air conditioned completely in that building. <laughs> and so, uh, what a great place to to go to in the middle of a thunderstorm. So, any other world showcase or Epcot additions you'd you'd like to see? Uh, not really. I just, you know, I, I just hope that they do a really good job on that spine and come in with a vision and a guest flow that's going to work and, you know, do some, uh, you know, really take care of their festival guests as well. I'm going to make two other suggestions. Um, one is, uh, and this is just really one of those weird things, but people who have been to Tokyo Disney Sea find that the adventures of Sinbad to be one of the most amazing attractions ever created. And um, I know that somehow Disney has this idea that no creative idea can come out of Imagineering in terms of intellectual property. Um, and I beg to differ on that. I think that is a character worthy of an animated film. And I think they have done their homework in creating characters that would be lovable and it would be a great um, IP in and of itself. But even if you couldn't make a film on it, it's still a great attraction. I would love to see that put into the back of Morocco. And I think it would make that attraction great. The other thing I would like to say, going to the opposite end of the park, and actually this is based on a rumor I heard about three years ago that one of the things they were looking to do was to build a hotel at the front of Epcot. And I think that's a brilliant idea. I think that would be, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, it surprises me that there are not more hotels, particularly on the monorail line between TTC and Epcot. That just seems like it's a huge opportunity and uh and and could be and could be there could be something there okay i'll move to the studios oh boy what what do you we we've got a big a big beast coming in the way of galaxy's edge and you can We've covered a lot. My thanks to John Frost. Uh, we've been covering the Magic Kingdom and also Epcot. And we still got Disney's Hollywood Studios, Disney's Animal Kingdom, and in fact, the rest of the resort for Walt Disney World to include Disney Springs. So, so this has become part two. Stay with us. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast because we'll be uh, we'll be posting part three just shortly. We want to get you all the info, make you think about everything that could be possible at the upcoming D23 Expo. So please join us. Thanks and have a great day.